There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Adam. And I'm Al. Now we understand that every three seconds a new podcast is created and now there's actually one podcast for every three people. So we just wanted to take a minute to say thank you very much for downloading this one and we hope you enjoy it. In a nutshell, we realised that some of our film tastes weren't what you'd call conventional. So we decided to talk about them and hopefully shed some light on some films that either didn't get what we felt deserved at the time or we just wanted to rewatch and talk about them. You don't have to have seen the film, but if you haven't, you may want to just give it a quick Google. What's the and that? <sighs> Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, a podcast where we discuss films we feel may be underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about them. I'm Josh Hallam and I'm here with Al Bollins. Hello. And Adam Ward. Hello. Uh, we're joined by a special guest today, chaps, aren't we? Uh, we're joined by Mr. Johnny Sharples. Johnny, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So um, if you've never heard the podcast before, we always start with a completely random question. I'll pass to Adam and, uh, and Al so you, you get an idea. Uh, Al, what's your favourite crisp? My favourite crisps um, would have to be Flaming Hot Monster Munch. It's an excellent show. I used to get them instead of uh, ice cream on holidays. From the ice cream van, they do like a load of crisps, and instead of you got a packet of crisps, I got a packet of crisps. That cool yeah. you down? Yeah. yeah, especially on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one ninety nine no. and a packet of Flaming Hot Monster <laughs> yeah, Munch. Please. Just cool me down. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, I don't like the new monster on the Flaming Hot. Well, there goes our sponsor for this week. (laughs) (laughs) They got a bunch of new monsters on the new Monster Munch, and uh, I'm not keen on them, but they still remain my favourite crisps. In terms of Monster Munch, I'm going to have to be controversial. I prefer roast beef, mate. The worst of the Monster Munch. No, they're not. What's wrong with the monsters? Well, so basically, they had these monsters, right, and then they changed them and modernised them, and that's when they looked good, and now they've brought back the, the old ones... No, you just pick up a pack. See, You'll see. This, this happened with um, Munch Bunch. There was like a the yogurt. Yeah, there was yeah, like I, a bunch. Uh, there was like a, <laughs> a bunch of they were like a bunch of like like fruit like characters, and they yeah. got rid of them. I think they just put like a cow it's on bloody there. Bloody political correctness gone yeah. mad. I know. I strawberries walking around yeah, with raspberries. Exactly. Um, right, Adam. What about you? What's your part? For that? Um, quite quite a posh one. Quite a posh one. Um, I like uh, the sweet chili. Uh, Kettle chips. Oh, that's very overrated. Yeah. Sweet chili, I think. 
Sweet chili is an overrated flavour, but is. I don't mind them. Fur roast chicken and thyme, though, which is even like more middle class. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like thyme on yeah, my crisps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like herbs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went into Asda once and there was a packet of lobster and pink champagne. That's absolutely disgusting. It's the worst yeah, thing I've is, ever seen. That's a yeah. disaster. Yeah. They yeah. do like the like uh, M and S. They do like Prosecco crisps, don't they? Yeah, Jim. I think I've seen. They're all right, you know. Are they? they don't think... need to be a thing, but they're all right. Yeah. Be happy with the monsters or bottle of Prosecco on the side. Yeah, of they're those. fine. Yeah. They're all right there. <laughs> <laughs> mine's. Uh, do you know what? Mine's what's it? No, no, I love what's it. Don't like cheese. Flavors. Really? You don't, don't like cheese like, don't, don't really like cheese as a whole, but I'm, oh, I don't like no. really yeah, like cheese. But cheese flavoured um, yeah, things are disgusting. I do like. I do like pizza though. But other than, I, I wouldn't have like cheese in general. But you but you have cheese like mozzarella on a pizza, but that's yeah. that's as far as you'll go. Yeah. So you wouldn't that, have a cheese board. Oh, definitely not. Oh, I love a cheese board. Oh, I love a cheese board. I love a cheese board. I'm a vegetarian, so oh, um, yeah. it's made very difficult by um, not liking cheese either, because that's yeah. basically how they bring yeah. it. And I don't. I'm not that keen on spicy food, so vegetarian food is very bland <laughs> because it's vegetables. Um, so when they try and put, add spice to it, it's, I'm, I don't like mushrooms. Um, oh, so my. when they do mushrooms, to, cheese, and spice. Yeah. So when Did they do say, portobello yeah. mushrooms instead of like a <laughs> yeah. meat burger, yeah. it's made very difficult by the fact that I only really like like red pepper and. <laughs> um, Pringles, which is what <laughs> Which brings us on to the, the question, what's your favourite crisp? Uh, salt and vinegar, very specifically salt and vinegar Pringles. That's a good shout. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do salt. like that. I like the fact they're that good, they've got good. such a kick to the yeah. like said like vinegar is about as spicy as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> which didn't say much, but we um I did a thing when I was um my nephew who's now eight was younger. I love salt and vinegar, anything chip sticks, mm. um hula hoops, Pringles especially, but we um we had some he had some original hula hoops when he was about two or three and he sat eating it and I had some salt and vinegar ones. So it was basically Russian roulette. Took one of my salt and vinegar <laughs> Pringles, put it in with his pring- uh, salt and vinegar hula hoops, put it in with one of his original hula hoops and just wait- played the waiting game and waited for his, <laughs> his little face went, oh, contortions that you've never seen before. And then it's one of the finest moments of his young life. Um, <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't remember it, otherwise it might come up in <clears throat> therapy in a few years' time <laughs> where it all went wrong for him. Was Flash when... I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. <laughs> My uncle. I, I'm seeing blue. I'm seeing blue packet. I'm seeing a blue packet. Well Al, you're, you're a vegetarian as well, aren't you? Yeah, my, well. my other half is... Um... Is vegetarian. She has the same problem. She doesn't like mushrooms. No. She hates mushrooms. They're so it's, slimy. it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not averse to them. I wouldn't pick them, but I don't I don't mind them. Well, growing, growing up, this is this is... I was very much pandered to as a child. <laughs> um, so my mum my would make like a spaghetti bolognese and she let us get away with a lot in terms of food. So I didn't like mushrooms. My brother didn't like onions. My sister was a vegetarian. So when she made spaghetti bolognese, Plain spaghetti. she'd have to make... <laughs> Some of it with mushrooms in, some of it with, with without mushrooms, oh, some with onions, it. some without onions, and then an alternative vegetarian option for my sister. And she did it. And um, oh, I think that's what a saying. Yeah. Round of applause, Johnny's mum. <laughs> she will listen to this as well because she listens to absolutely everything um, I ever do. That's what happens when you retire. You've got to fill your days somehow. Um, so just be- become your son's biggest fan. <laughs> Um, so obviously most people, Johnny, are going to know you from from your kind of your Twitter yeah. Twitter page, um, which you mainly talk about football. Obviously, we are not a football podcast. Thank, so, thankfully, yeah. yeah. So nice I know, I know that you're very much else. keen to not uh, not be pigeonholed into talking about football. Um, so out of interest, what I think I tried to when I was preparing the interview, trying to 
think about stuff I kind of was interested to know about someone who's got so many Twitter followers and, and does yeah. a lot of writing on Twitter about how the day-to-day kind of, I don't know, mechanics of it all work. So how did you kind of get started on Twitter? Was it literally you just tweeted and that and it just got picked up? Or? So what, what <clears throat> I think I was quite an early adopter of Twitter because I'd done all the other social media things. I'd done mm. MySpace and... Bebo. I didn't do Bebo. <laughs> I loved Bebo. Um, Andy, Ka- Andy Carroll was massive on Bebo. No, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to talk about football. His Bebo is very famous. Um, no, I didn't have Bebo. I had MySpace very early on Facebook when you had to have like a .ac email address yeah, to sign yeah, up for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Face Party, which was one of the really oh, early I ones. Habbo um, Hotel. I did, did used to go on Habbo Hotel <laughs> as well. Um, like, with 56k connection was awful. But um, so Twitter, I originally thought I joined Twitter. I don't know if you remember when Stephen Fry um, got stuck in a lift. Um, oh, and he yeah. live tweeted it and it made a lot of headlines. So before before Brexit and before Trump, they would fill the news with anything. And so um, the news that Stephen Fry got stuck in a lift and was live tweeting it off this mysterious website was quite a thing. So I thought I'd join Twitter on the back of that. But um, on this day on Facebook, I don't know if you ever look at your Facebook memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One popped up, which was before that happened, which was basically, I've joined Twitter because I want The Guardian to start writing articles about me. Um, <laughs> and 10 years down the line, The Guardian still haven't written a single article about me. But I first... Um, used to use Twitter to tweet what my scores on Call of Duty were. So um, <laughs> remains a mystery why the Guardian didn't see that fit to write articles around. Yeah, what are they playing at? I know. So um, for a long time, I just used Twitter as basically day to day updates about what I was doing and stuff and no one really cared but then the 2014 World Cup happened and Twitter really built up by that point and lots more people were using it and I think a lot more news agencies and different companies were on there and I think it was a more legitimate sort of website and source for news and source for updates and stuff so I was like watching the football and tweeting about and tweeting jokes about it and um, I think I got the right followers so I think Adam Hurry was one of the first to follow me his football cliches Mm -hmm. And Ian McIntosh, who's the guy behind the Totally Football Show and Muddy Knees yeah, and yeah. stuff, he they followed me and shared it with their followers. And you sort of get followers off the back of your stuff being shared mm, further. Mm. So, yeah, I just sort of carried on what I was doing and sort of honed it a bit more and forged my own jokes and niches and things like that. And, yeah, um, yeah now it's... You know, fifth more follow. I have more followers than there are seats at St James's Park now. That's a nice little stretch. <laughs> yeah, that's nice little stretch. You should have that as your bio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good. Um, and um, I remember when I got more followers than. Uh, the Stadium of Light has seats. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's twice as many as people actually go to their matches. So <laughs> any time I can get digging about some of them. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So, but, yeah, it was, it's um, very surreal. I did an event with Twitter the other day and they, they specifically invited me to go and speak to an audience about how I use Twitter. And that was why anyone cares what I have to say about Twitter remains an absolute mystery. But um, just it's, there's still some imposter syndrome, but I've, I must be doing something right somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, like the way it's exploded now with Twitter because it's like it's the main way I get my news. Yeah. Which is probably, I know you have to be very wary of what is and isn't legitimate. So I think I tend to only really pay attention to legitimate, verified sources. Yeah. And even then, you just never know. But it's it's the main way I think a lot of people get their news. It's the way things spread really quickly and, and that kind of thing. And, um, it is interesting. It is. I think it's interesting when you look at like 
I still do use Facebook more than you look at like I think I've had Facebook now for nearly ten years or mm. maybe ten years. But you look at like original things you put up, like you said, on the on the memories. Yeah. And I used to write mine like grammatically correct. So because it said my name, yeah. I'd be like, is something something so it'd be like yeah. is going for a pizza? And it's like you look back and you're like, why did I? I think I think because <laughs> Facebook it forced used to you. Yeah, it yeah, did. It yeah. Oh, did it? And it like oh, could right. force you into like it would ask you how you're feeling as well. So you could be like, Josh Hallam is feeling hungry. Yes. the way the status has worked made, yeah. you, made you do that. Because yeah. I think we forget a lot about how much it's changed. I think if, yeah. you, if, you, if you're ever bored and lonely on the, the winter nights, <laughs> you Google um, Facebook and put a certain year in, it will show you what Facebook looked yeah. like back yeah. then. And it, yeah. would tell, tell you every, it would tell all your friends every time you made a new friend, every time you liked a yeah. new page, every time you updated every single photograph. I think it's sort of shortened that down now. But yeah, the, the, the time it was... Um, yeah, forced you into certain situations yeah. and, and certain is, yeah. syntax. It's, um, Twitter's definitely my favourite of the social medias. I have, I, I have Facebook because I think it's a case. It's, it's a good way of keeping in touch with people if you don't live near them. And I would never want it to be a kind of out of sight, out of mind kind of situation. But I love Twitter for just comedy, it's the, it's the funniest. political yeah. comedy, yeah, sports. Yeah. Like, everything is just it's so funny. Like yeah. you can you can get into so many amazing. You can into so many amazing rabbit holes, but because uh, we all we all use Twitter, right? Not yeah, to the same level as yourself, Johnny. But no, um, yeah. <laughs> be but thankful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of when you're when you're on Twitter, like, what do you consider yourself? Because I know you've been called online joker. Is that the BBC called me an online joker? Which is like the sh- it's like when <laughs> when Joey um, in Friends. Um, has to write a letter for Monica and Chandler and he just goes through the thesaurus to yeah. sound as clever <laughs> yeah. as possible. That's basically how being called an online genius, they t- can't, can't call him a Twitter joker, can't call him a, you know, all this sort of stuff. But um, I don't I don't know, Twitter user, um, idiot, um, <laughs> more more profanity than that. Um, I got called, get called, got called a comedian on Five Live, which was strange because I'm not, because I don't make an earning from it. Comics, all right. Um, mm. BBC once called me, called me a former um, York City midfielder because they got their research <laughs> absolutely wrong. Um, they, they googled um, Jonathan Sharples, I think, and then there's a John Sharples that used to play for York, so they just assumed that was me. But he was born in like 1973, um, which I definitely wasn't born in 1973. So. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, online, uh, online Joker, which was what the BBC called me, just because it just sounds so grandiose and ridiculous. And I think <laughs> I quite enjoyed Joker. it. So anyway, back to Twitter, Johnny, um, who obviously you've got many, many followers, as you, as you said earlier. Um, who's your favourite part from us? Um, <laughs> you put, uh, my, 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 one of my favourite people in the entire world, um, is Alan Shearer. Um, so and he he's also also one of my followers on Twitter. So I would would have to say him. But I've got you know I'm, I'm very appreciative very appreciative of all of them. Mm. Um, if they can stick with the nonsense that I come out with, then <laughs> stronger nice pe- stronger people than me. Absolutely. I mean, we've got it's, it's funny, isn't it? We've got four of us here and three of us are f- through through football are fiercely loyal to Alan Shearer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Adam's a, a Liverpool fan. <laughs> 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 so we've got two Newcastle fans. I'm unfortunately a Blackburn Rovers fan. Um, so. One one thing I'm always interested in, I don't know what you guys think, is when you've got so many Twitter followers and people are constantly replying to you or tweeting you, is your phone just constantly yes, going I wanted off? to ask that. Or do you just mute everything and, and just kind of check in? And um, So, because I have a blue tick, um, I'm quite <laughs> um, fortunate that I can um, hide certain things. Um, so, and I have it set, so I have it very tailored. So, I only get... 
notifications if someone that I follow has retweeted oh, it or right. someone else with a blue tick has retweeted it. I only get a um, notification that I've had a favourite if it's off someone else with a blue tick. Um, so it's qu- I'm quite lucky in that regard, but I have had occasions where um, it's hit the right audience and lots of people with um, blue ticks are favouriting it. Mm-hmm. And so that does jar your phone. Or if I literally... That's just like push notifications. If I do go on the app, I've had times where the app's just stopped working. Oh, um, James Corden retweeted me. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> and he has—he's like obviously massive, massive yeah. in yeah. this country and in America yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's two lots. Of, people might not have understood the joke necessarily, but um, because it's got James Corden's sort of um, seal of approval, they'll like it or retweet yeah. it regardless. Yeah. So it was a joke about um, Jose Mourinho and James Corden. Um, and basically, yeah, James Corden came across it and retweeted it and replied to it. And yeah, it, it was big. Um, so that was weird. But like you say, um, no, I have it tailored in, quite in a lot. the VIP club. Yeah, yeah. Behind, the, yeah. behind the rope. So um, Not like those little slugs. We've only had like <laughs> just four retweets yeah. and two of them were from each other. <laughs> it's, it's not It's not, not all that's cracked up to be. It's, um, yeah, with, with all the... For, like for every... If, if a tweet gets big, you always have someone telling you how you could have done it better as well. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well, you, you happily go and do, yeah. do it yourself. Um, and I'll just get tagged in it saying you've nicked my joke, which is also what happens a lot of um, very polite grasses. One of the great things that kind of social media does is it gives everyone a voice. And one of the bad things social media does is it gives everyone a voice. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone has this opinion ill-informed or not and feels that they can use it and it's think it's quite it's quite funny that everyone has this kind of opinion that they feel entitled to use yeah um you don't necessarily have to put it out there in the world it is okay to keep stuff to yourself i do tend to i like following political stuff but i feel like i worry i i don't know enough about something politically so i never really do any political tweets of my own i might retweet stuff that i find funny yeah like football managers hair on (laughs) politicians and stuff but i would never I mean, I'm not making. I'm hopefully, not making a rod for my own back here for the future. But I tend to avoid it because I worry that I will not know something, or I'll miss something, or you know, something like that. So, yeah. that, I don't know, and you two are kind of the same, aren't you? Really? I mean, Adam, you're not probably the least active of the three of us on Twitter, yeah. aren't you? And Al, you're about the same as me, but it's mainly it's pure Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm not very fun to follow actually because of that. It's just pure Steve Bruce rants or Mike Ashley. But <laughs> well, the, be- or... the best thing about. Um, being on Twitter, being a Newcastle fan, making jokes about it, is there's always um, some punchlines that involve absolutely, Newcastle. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So you can always find something to um, to laugh and joke about, yeah. um, <laughs> even when it's all going horrifically wrong, which, <laughs> which more often than not it is. So we'll, uh, we'll dive straight into this week's film, which, which yourself has picked, Johnny. You've picked um, Empire Records. Yeah. Um, so spoiler warning for that if anyone's uh, not seen it. Do you want to give us a little background on it, uh, what, what's, what it's about and all that sort of stuff? So basically the plot of Empire Records is that there's a record shop called in, I think it's in Delaware, um, in the state of Delaware in America. Um, and it's um, an independent record store. And it's basically about to be sold off to a... Um, big corporation that we sort of don't know about but one of the employees finds out this um secret um gets that day's takings 
tries to bet, uh, goes to um, Atlantic City, tries to make all the money back, um, loses all the money, and basically it's twenty it's less than 24 hours um, in the day of the life of that record store. We meet the different employees that work there, all the different stuff that happens um, as they try and sort of come to terms with the fact that they're all possibly all going to lose their jobs. It also doubles up with something called Rex Manning Day. Rex Manning is an 80s, fictional 80s pop star yeah. who's coming to do a um, record signing for his new absolutely terrible single um <laughs> full of old ladies that want to come and meet him um and um yeah he isn't very popular and just all all sorts goes it's very sort of anarchic um in parts film mm. um about we follow all these young um record store employees as they try and come to terms with different parts of their lives and the fact that they all might be um, losing their jobs. Yeah, it's very character-driven, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's well, one of the issues. There's, uh, pro- there's, <laughs> there's too many characters in this <laughs> right. film. Well we'll, uh, well, we'll come on to that in a second. So, Adam, I'll start with yourself, Adam. Had you seen it before we... Before no, we... I hadn't seen it, hadn't heard of it. So, so um, yeah, What, what did you kind of think it was going to be going in? Um, yeah, I just thought it'd either be... Um, about a record store, like a high fidelity type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I thought it would be kind of like the making of this record company oh, called right. Empire Records. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it'd be one of those two things. Right. And yourself, Al, had you seen it before? I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of it. But is there <laughs> is there a TV show called Empire? Yeah. Yes. And is it about music? Yeah, it's about a record label, isn't it? I'm not sure. I think it's about... It's got, yeah. It's, it's got Terrence Howard I've in it. I've never seen it. Is but... that one with 50 Cent? Or is that power? Uh, no, I think that's Get Rich or Die Try in the 50 Cent <laughs> film. <laughs> Which I saw on its opening day. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I once saw 50 Cent in, con- uh, in concert at Leeds Festival and my mate um, Gre- Green Day with the headliners 50 Cent were on just before Green Day oh, my, dated, my, yeah. mate, my mate wanted to be at the front for Green Day um, so I had to sit through 50 Cent and um, 50 Cent got bottled so my mate got a lot of bottles to the back of his head and then as soon as Green Day came on stage there was a rush forward and he got sort of crushed against the barrier and he yeah. basically came to back to us at the campsite and had the lines of the barriers on his chest <laughs> oh, God. Um, so that's my 50 cent anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all got one. Adam went to see Get Rich or Die Trying. I, 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 I knew it wasn't that, but I couldn't get that out of my head. Mm-hmm. So I just, assu- I just assumed it was maybe a So film. you thought it was like a record label? Yeah. Uh, or a bit spin-off. Or yeah, something. exactly. I thought it was just something to do with that, even though I knew it was something separate. So... But yeah, I'd never heard of it, never or anything. From my own point of view, I had heard of it and mm. I think I knew it was about a record store, but that was it. I didn't really know who was in it. I didn't know, though, very much about it. I looked at the poster and the kind of little, like you say, when you when I watched it on Amazon Prime and it has the little um, snop, like, pre-synopsis kind of thing. And um, I thought immediately thought, same as you, Adam, high fidelity. And I also thought like Clerks. Yeah. Like, like the Kevin Smith film, yeah. Clerks. And I also thought, like Dazed and Confused. Yeah, it's got, like, yeah. It's, got, yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of it's got it's got the same actors in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which the guy plays Lucas. He's in Dazed yes, Dazed. and Renée Zellweger, yeah. and the oh, guy yeah, that plays Eddie in Empire Records is in Dazed and Confused. Which one as well. Eddie's one of the worst characters in um, Empire Records. He's the one who makes the brownies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. So um, kind of back back to the the, the film then, Adam. What, what did you think of the film? Yeah, I liked it. I think some. I think, like you say, with there being too many characters, certain things get a little glossed over. Yeah. Because there was a few relationships I wanted to see a bit more of, like Joe and Lucas. Like, there's the mention of he. I think did you say he meets him when he was he met him when he was thirteen, and he's mm-hmm. like on the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wanted to go more into their relationship and see what that really was. And there was another relationship um, with Joe and. Um, 
Jane Rex Manning's yes. like assistant. Like, oh it yeah, seems like they yeah. know each other, but it never really gets explained no. why how they There's know each other. So or why. much of that, I think. In this so, film. do you want me to tell you why that happens? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go on, yeah. yeah. So, forty minutes of the film got cut out um, from the original edit, and so I think a lot of that is why Jane and Joe get quite close on why she because her decision to leave Rex Manning seems to be very abrupt and really? sudden yeah, really? yeah. Um, I think more goes into that I think more goes into Burko who's the sort of um, musician character mm. um, more goes into his character development and I think more goes into Eddie's character development as well um, but because you lose so much of that it feels like what's the I, I kind of get what the point of Jane is because you got us to see that even people that know Rex Manning yeah. hate mm. Rex Manning. Yeah. Um, but the point with Burko um, is sort of lost because you get his relationship with Deborah touched on slightly, but nothing. He sort of appears right at the start when mm. um, Corey and um, Renny Zellweger's character, whose name's Gina. Me, Gina, he pops out of it like a cabin around the back of the record store and then disappears until. Deb shows up, yeah, um, and Eddie is just the absolute worst character in this film because <laughs> I don't see what the point of him is. He offers absolutely nothing to the yeah. entire film. He gives Mark the the brownies, like you say, mm. um, and that's it. I think that's basically his entire character. Yeah. He goes to talk to Corey when because he works at a pizza shop as well, um, but that's really and he's obsessed with vinyl and that's that's all you get from eddie and i don't really yeah. see what the point of his character is but yeah there was 40 minutes of footage cut out of the original edit which i think contains a lot of those relationships yeah it's quite interesting that you already told us a little bit of what you like and what you didn't so why, yeah. why did you pick this film um good question so basically when you asked me to come on you invited me to come on i knew the po- i had to pick an under what was an underrated film yeah so yeah. i'm basically going to go through a whole bunch of films that i didn't pick now um <laughs> so i thought back to what my favorite films were um and then realized that i just like a lot of rated films mm. so seven which is one of my favorites usual yeah. suspects v oh, for vendetta brilliant. little miss sunshine um shawshank redemption obviously probably verges on the over um rated point um oh, green mile different things like that are obviously rated mm-hmm. um and then i thought about other films there's other films that i like which are categorically awful <laughs> and are on are, are not rated because they are bad films mm. so goal which was one of the ones i thought <laughs> about um so i've like not seen the godfather trilogy but i've seen the goal trilogy and I, I've not, <laughs> not seen jaws but i've seen like sharknado so like sharknado <laughs> was was another one um so then i sort of came to what are my more culty films um so then but then there's cult films that actually have like a wider reach and more influence mm. so um this is spinal tap was one of the ones i thought about Classics, but, that's, yeah, 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 but it's like yeah. it had a massive influence the princess yeah. bride as well yeah. has a massive Same outside director. influence yeah. yeah um and so i came to sort of shrunk it down and came to choice of three which were empire records which obviously I ended up picking um stranger than fiction which is the oh, will ferrell film yeah. yes yeah. Um, and then the great muppet caper which is i love the muppets and i think that's <laughs> the most underrated muppet film but again great muppet caper was quite influential in certain aspects um, especially in terms of puppetry and things like that so i ruled that out and then i looked at imdb and it turns out that um, stranger than fiction is quite highly rated on imdb yeah. and rotten tomatoes and things like that um whereas empire records isn't and empire records sort of covers a lot of like it's very, very, very nineties. So, um, nice. so, so and it's 90s, very driven yeah. by music, and I adore music. I adore nineties music and grunge music in particular. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching this film when I was about fourteen or fifteen for the first time. Um, 
I think some people at school, obviously with older siblings, might have um, found it and we watched it. And it's a bit like um, Breakfast Club in that it has so many people of different backgrounds and yeah, you can yeah, relate yeah. to different characters. Um, and so as a young um, younger person, I sort of um, found sort of, they like 90s music, they were working at a record store. And I think if you love music, you want to work in a record, you want to be in a band or you want to work. Yeah, yeah, if you can't yeah. be in a band, you want to work in a record yeah. store. Mm. And these people were sort of in bands and working in record stores. And I absolutely adored it. Um, and yeah, it's just, there's, there's parts of it that I absolutely adore. There's characters in that film that I absolutely adore. And like I've said with Eddie in particular, <laughs> and same with Burko, sort of, and a couple of others, um, there's characters in that film that I despise because I think because they're not really um, sort of fleshed out quite mm, in the same yeah. way that they should have done. But Empire Records is probably the most... I can appreciate now that why it got such bad scores on some of these things and why the critics didn't quite rate it in quite the way that I would have if I was, um, you know, trying to review this film as a 15-year-old. Um, but it was, yeah, I, I really, really... I still really like it, but there's parts of it as watching it with sort of older eyes now that, that I don't particularly like. But I think that's... The, if I watched any of these films, mm. I, I would have... Yeah. With yeah. a critical eye of coming on a podcast to discuss it yeah. further, I would have found fault in pretty much any film apart from The Muppets. <laughs> it's funny, we, we, we've done... We've had this similar conversation before, haven't we? Because we started this to do underrated films. Mm. Then it became underseen and underrated. And then it became underrated underseen and then oh well we just want to talk about this yeah. one so it's yeah. not we do we do pick whatever and it's quite we've, we've revisited a lot of films that have been you know oh, i love this when it came out classic one being austin powers yeah, yeah. Uh, which i love this when i was you know 15 or, or whatever and now we, we revisit it so it is interesting and i think it, emo the, the baggage that you take with a film goes a long way yeah yeah like if you watched it a certain time in your life you can mm. then go back and be like oh this is this is very good, like or, or this is good, whatever. I think I think that can count a lot towards influencing your overall opinion of the of the film. Yeah. Um. So it, it is quite interesting. So would you, would you say that when you've gone back and rewatched it, you haven't enjoyed it as much? No, because there's still there's still some bits that I absolutely like crack up about every single time <laughs> I've watched them. Like still make me laugh. Um, Lucas in particular just has me in stitch because he's so dry and yeah. there's a bit where he says um what's i think um, aj goes and speaks to him and he's like what's wrong with you yesterday you were normal and today you're the chinese guy from um the karate uh, yeah, kid because yeah. lucas obviously just has this complete air of something about him and he's just coming out with nonsense but um he has some great lines in, in the film um there's a bit where mitch mitchell beck first turns up and he's like who are you and he's like i'm lucas i work here and then they revisit that when at the end of the film yeah. when mitchell turns up to sort of get his money and it's like I'm Lucas I still work here um which makes me laugh and then AJ has a really good line um where he's gluing the quarters to the floor mm, yeah and Warren who hopefully we'll talk about because he's brilliant um Warren's trying to pick them back off the floor um and he's like why are they glued to the floor and AJ just goes I don't need to explain my art to you mm. which still <laughs> just makes me laugh but um yeah I didn't really there's lots of bits where I think I'd forgotten about it and then watching it irritated me i counted <laughs> i've got it on my notes i counted and there's nine separate occasions in the film where they just dance <laughs> <laughs> they just they, they put us i get it's a i get it's a film about a record shop and so there's going to be a lot of music in the film but there's nine separate incidents this isn't including the bit where deborah shaves her head because that's i'm classing that as a montage yeah. and um the music's just taking <laughs> 
incidentally taking place. Um, and a bit, I can't, don't remember if there's a bit, there's a bit where AJ plays Rex Manning over the loudspeaker to dance with Deb. Yeah. I can't remember if I counted that as a montage or not, but there's nine separate bits where they just dance. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And it's like, why? Um, and one of the critiques of the film that I found was that it was a film made to sell a soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah because there's, there's, 50, there's over 50 songs in the film, yeah. which is a lot. Yeah. Kind of um, and half of them are, thought. more than half of them are absolutely dire um, yeah. songs. There's a couple, <laughs> Girl Like You Before, which is a good song. Yeah. Um, the, um, Video Kill the Radio Star is a good song. Yeah. Um, a couple of Cranberry songs. That I yes, think there's quite two good. really good Cranberry songs in there's there. A, what's the ACDC one called? Um, I can't remember what ACDC That's quite a good one. The one that there's Plowed by Sponge, which is an absolutely amazing f- song, which is when they're uh, getting ready for the big fundraiser at the end. Yeah. That plays, mm. and that's... Like speaking as a '90s grunge fan, that is an absolutely amazing. Film. It's not mm. even on the official soundtrack that they released on CD, and like um, it would have been brilliant. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's like those music breaks uh, where they just dance. Are just they didn't need to be nine of them. There's a lot of like. I'm going to put a record on and then someone puts yeah. a CD on and then they all just sing along to everything. Yeah. But there's a bit right yeah. at the start of the film where um, I think they're, when they're just first opening up and Mark, who I also hate as a character, Mark puts a song on the record player and they all sing along to it when they're opening the shop and they're all having a good time and then AJ turns it off this and he's like, like this, yeah. is a, this is rubbish. It's like, you've just been dancing and singing along to it. For like, <laughs> You that, loved it. Yeah, you could have <laughs> fleshed out Burko's character in that time yeah. or told me who the hell Eddie is meant to be. But no, you dance along to it and then he burns the CD. And it's like, it's absolutely pointless. But there is, yeah, there's a lot of good music in that film. And obviously you have to expect a certain degree of music mm. um, in the film. Yeah, the, um, the, the soundtrack for me is up there, maybe maybe even the most, the thing that I like the most about the film. I think it's, it has got a really good sound. It did remind yeah. me of like a high fidelity. Like it's, mm. it's or sc- even like School of Rock. Like it's all, there's low, it's a really good soundtrack. There's not many soundtracks I've been out and bought, but I would buy mm. this one if we didn't live in an age of streaming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what, um, what did, you, what did you like about it, Adam? What was the sort of what did you take away from it? What did you like? You know what I liked about it. I think we live in a time now where um, where we do like a lot of these like twenty four hour films that aren't that don't have like a happy ending. They just kind of his twenty four yeah. hour yeah. slice of life. Yeah. And it was nice to see a film that had like the happy ending of I, the, yeah. save the record store. The guy gets the girl. Everyone's friends. I did like the gig. sort of. Yeah, I did like the sort of heartwarming kind of cheesiness of it because you agree, don't really see yeah. that as much now. I, I agree. I, that was one of like one of my notes. Just says I just like the fact that at the end the yeah. old thing all works again. out. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they all go on the roof out. and dance. Yeah, yeah. They all... I didn't think I counted that as a dance. Right? <laughs> That's ten, ten. Ten. They all piss the neighbours off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what about you, Al? Uh, I, it's it's funny you say there's like an extra forty minutes of the film. I don't I don't know if I could. Cope. Cope yeah. <laughs> no, it was. It, yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It, I found. I found. I liked how gloriously nineties it was. Yeah. But I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm allowed to praise that because it was just in the nineties yeah. anyway. So. No, I. It's such. It's such a, a punch of nostalgia, isn't it? Yeah. The haircuts. Oh yeah. The but clothes. Like, he calls the, the insults. Joe clothes call, are great. By Joe way. calls someone banana. a banana head. Calls himself yeah. a banana. Oh, does it? And, yeah. and I was watching it going, that's. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> banana right. hair. Yeah. He had incredibly 90s hair, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Big, Very, big old white shirt. Yeah. Well, he's, we, yeah, I read, a, I read um, when I was doing the background on it, and it's like each character is diff- meant to represent a different sort of musicality part of the era. So AJ is very grunge. Yeah. Um, 
Lucas is obviously all in black, very, I say, like Jesus, yeah, or Jesus yeah. and Mary chain almost. Yeah, and yeah. then Burko's like a punk, and then Eddie's a stoner, and then Mark sort of doesn't know what he wants to be. Joe's sort of a bit more old fashioned, Deb's goffy, mm. and then the two girls are sort of poppy and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So I think they did put a sort of thought process into it. And then Rex Manning's sort of like the old fashioned. He's, one he's, that none of them want to be. Yeah. Um, um, I think Burko, they wanted Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day to oh, be right. the original oh, right. Burko. Okay. Um, but he was touring, I think, I can't remember if it came out after or just before Nimrod, yeah, um, if you know your time, Green Day yeah. um, mm. stuff. I think it came out around the time they were recording or um, touring that. Um, so he couldn't do it. So they got Coyote Shivers, who was um, Liv Tyler's stepdad. And he lied about his age oh. to get the part. Oh. So he was considerably older than all the rest. Like the guy that plays Mark was 16 and Coyote Shivers, and Liv Tyler was 17 or 18. And yeah, then Coyote Shivers must be like or touching 40, which I think wow. would be about the same age that Anthony LaPaglia, who yeah. plays Joe, would have been. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think I went, yeah, 41, I think I saw yeah. it when, when they made it. It's quite funny, Anthony LaPaglia. I've not seen Anthony LaPaglia in that much other than this. I think he was in one of the like criminal minds or he was in a, f- a program called without a trace that's, that's it sorry yeah. Yeah. Trace. Absolutely yeah. Yeah. I a lot of that. but yeah. i was watching yeah. it going it's like they really wanted a baldwin yeah and they couldn't, <laughs> yeah. They couldn't get a baldwin yeah. so it was like who sounds and looks a bit like one of the yeah. baldwin brothers <laughs> yeah. and lee paglia at first glance i thought it was a baldwin he yeah. does look like, like a baldwin okay. yeah. even more so now i think he looks like a baldwin yeah but... yeah. yeah it's the raspy kind of voice in the yeah. blue eyes mm. isn't it but yeah. one of the big thing i liked about the film was the cast and one of the things that like you've said that is a bit of a flaw is that it struggles to balance everything but i do think in terms of the performances every actor does the best they can with the small yeah, amount because that they're given a lot of them a lot of the characters in my opinion were quite one dimensional yes yeah. um and maybe that's because of the, the the extra 40 minutes that we need to sort of flesh them out a little bit more mm. uh yeah I, I i i thought it was a little bit slow and like a lot of the characters yeah. i couldn't really get into cuz i think um the character i think i like the most um I like Lucas. I like oh, Warren. I like Lucas, yeah. I like I Warren. Like Warren is amazing when he comes into it. I really like Deb as well, um, who's played by Robin Tooney. Robin Tooney, yeah. Who went on to be in The Craft. Yeah, really like the character of, of Deb. I like the fact that um, she's obviously got issues, mm. um, but they never say why particularly yeah and i like that i like the fact that they don't apportion any blame to anyone burko obviously comes to speak to her and suggests that is it him and they she never says it's him joe goes to speak to her and she mentions that she's not seen her mother for quite a while mm, yeah but they never say that that's the reason why she's having all these issues and i like the fact that they leave it up in the air because that doesn't anyone that's watching that film and relates to deb in a particular way um doesn't then have the same sort of reaction that they have the same issues that mm. she has because you never know what issues she yeah. has and i think that's quite a, almost quite a responsible thing of the film whether they did it by on purpose on purpose or, or, yeah, or by yeah. accident i think it was quite a responsible thing for them to do the irresponsible thing for them to do with my mental health advocate and and thing on the head was the fact that they she undoes the bandages and shows everyone the scars i think that's quite um but I, I think we're talking is it 20 you know, 2010s when this was made in the 90s. I think yeah, it's yeah. looking with a, a more modern mindset. I think that was an irresponsible thing for them to do. Um, but it's all part of the fact that, you know, she she t- almost takes the mick out of the fact of, you mm. know, her own issues, which mm. I think is quite good. But I really, I like her. Um, 
her character in particular. I don't think when I first watched it, I don't think I particularly liked Deb because um, I was a young, you know, 15 year old man. And I think it's hard for you to relate to, you know, someone that's having issues that are alien to you, especially someone of a different gender. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm relating much more to Lucas and AJ when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really like the character of Deb. Um, really like Lucas because he's such an, he's i wrote in my notes when i was watching it he's the uncoolest cool character yeah, I think yeah. i've ever seen he's there in a black tilt like a very pale Such he looks like as well. he looks like he'd you know watch very art house films and mm. listen to bell and sebastian and things like that <laughs> um but yeah he is very cool and very funny and very dry and mm. very witty and i really like that about it. did either of you guys have a favorite character like like we said there's millions of them there's plenty to choose from yeah, yeah. Lu- lucas uh, it was definitely my favourite. Just his delivery of the lines yeah. as well, and like, like very odd character. I think mm. I, I really like Joe. I think he was my favourite mm. character. I think it was nice. They all, a lot of them have this kind of like youthful hope. Yeah, and I think he's so he's so not that at the same time. And I think it was nice having that, especially watching it at the age I am now. Mm. It was it was nice seeing that difference because I feel like I'm somewhere in between yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now. yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. interesting to see. Oh, I was like that. I'm gonna be like this. Yeah, soon. yeah. <laughs> I quite liked. Um, I actually quite liked AJ for a similar reason of his mm. youthful optimism, and I also quite liked Gina. And I don't know if that's just because I thought Renee Zellweger was quite a stand, gave quite a stand-up performance yeah. in certain bits. Yeah. But I thought she was quite good. I thought it was. It, it's interesting you talking about Deb and the issues that raise. I think it does quite a good job in the film of raising a couple of issues around yeah. that might affect people of that age, but not hitting you over the head with it. So it mentions her mental health. It mentions Liv Tyler's character being under a lot of stress to get into a really good school. Well, I think one of the things about um, Corey, which is Liv Tyler's character, they sort of pull that she is taking pills out of nowhere mm. towards the end of the film and then disappears again and i think that's another one of the things i didn't like and and the fact that um gina wants suddenly wants to be in a band um they push that right at the end of the film and mark wants to be in a band as well but then that doesn't really get any sort of aj wants to go to art school which you've only really heard from oh it's just gluing some coins to the yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think it they i think it does get said that all the paintings that you see on the wall in the background he's done Mm. and you see him painting um Corey goes to try and speak to him at one point after she's um failed to seduce or unsuccessfully slash unwittingly or unwantingly seduced rex manning and she goes to try and speak to aj because he's tried to confess his love for her and he's painting again he's doing an angry painting again 90s yeah you just see him doing red really (laughs) aggressive flicks of red angry color yeah Yeah. um so yeah i think there's a lot of stuff that just pops up out of nowhere and then just doesn't get mentioned again yeah um which is is really frustrating um but there's something about it you could make a tv series out of it yeah i I think you could do a tv series and and do like like each deal um, with each character yeah it's a different yeah yeah that'd be a good way of getting more out of it a little bit like well completely differently but in the same way that they did with lost yeah before it all got confusing and they sort of do it with orange is the new black as well yeah they they focus on sort of one character a thing but another thing that got me was um how is an independent record shop that big it's massive, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely huge. massive. Yeah, it's like a block of flats or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like enormous, yeah. isn't it? Used to, used to be a bathroom and bidet uh, <laughs> store before um, 
you think, you th- you'd think it was a car showroom from the it is absolutely <laughs> yeah. and i can't like i I, rem- I remember when record store record stores were quite a big thing growing up in preston we had at 1.5 of them yeah i think um, we grew up in similar like quite yeah. close to each other so yeah i know what you mean and then i remember one by one they disappeared so i remember but they were all very small especially there's one in preston called action records which is still there and that's the yeah. independent one yeah. really small and really really out of town um so quite how this this yeah. huge record yeah. store was surviving I'll, I'll never know and have that many staff yeah. and open till midnight yeah. a lot of staff wasn't it <laughs> yeah he's got, he's got 30 staff or something it's, yeah. um, but the ample perfect record shop size represented in a film is probably high fidelity for me yes yeah. that's like yeah, small yeah. small shop Realistic. Dusty, lots of, but not this. This is like a hotel that it's, sells records. Got a living room in the back. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like yeah. break room. It's so it's massive. massive. Like and it's a staircase got, up to his office. Yeah, yeah. it's got other other rooms yeah. in the back room. Yeah. So there's the one with the printer. There's another room where, oh, the toilet where Deb goes to shave, shave her head. Yeah. Deb, after that, delivers one of the best lines, which is there's still some in the sink if you want to glue it to AJ <laughs> yeah. while he's gluing the coins to the floor. Um, but yeah, it is absolutely huge. There's an upstairs to it, which we don't really see apart from someone's up the stairs at one point and walking back down again which is where all the listening booths are i think are upstairs uh, yeah there's like people kissing yeah. and crying oh, yeah, to music and, yeah. yeah and there's a there's a bit where they're filming on the staircase and the roof looks like it's really yeah. it's the two floors size. yeah, yeah. Really high up. <laughs> it's really because it's a warehouse uh, yeah. lucas jumps down from that when we reappear. oh yeah when he's trying to catch him. the yeah he's trying to catch the shoplifter when aj's trying to find lucas on oh, the instructions yeah. of joe um aj's walking back into the back oh room yeah Lucas down, drops yeah. down behind him and it's like that's a big jump um, yeah shatters his ankles and that's why he sat on a sofa for the rest of the film <laughs> yeah. those listening booths are really a real blast from the past oh, man, like, yeah. I, I remember in Borders um, when they used to have those you could go put headphones on and like listen to a few different albums it's so bizarre to think that that yeah. was a thing now mm. did you ever do that yeah. See, I've, I've never. I like music, but I've never been one to like go to a record store and listen to music. Yeah. You know, like, Listening uh, posts as well, because there's a bit where in one of the many dance breaks, as we touched on, <laughs> um, Mark goes and tickles a girl's feet while she's listening to something at one of the listening posts <laughs> as well. Yeah. I hate Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, she's watching, watching. Is Mark the one that's played by Ethan? The uh, Am- Embry? No. Ethan Embry, but he changed his name, he so he's called something else in Ethan something in this, and he he's got blonde hair and he's young, got orangey blonde hair. Why do you hate him so much? He's just very irritating, and I don't see any point to him. He's no, he just, doesn't do anything. He's I there. He has quite a lot of big scenes as yeah. well. Like yeah. there's a bit where he bizarrely he goes round the back of the shop and kisses a massive picture of Gloria Estefan. Oh yeah, um, and rubs himself up on it, and he's we've all been there. He <laughs> there's the weird scene where he obviously eats the the. Uh, brownie made yeah. by Eddie, um, and then Gua appear from nowhere, and then um, he imagines that he's in Gua, um, and Gua are a really horrible, awful band to begin with. Is so. that the one that's like the heavy metal lordy type people? On yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that the one with the guitars? <laughs> so like, so uh, Gua, uh, like, there's about thirty members of Gua. I didn't even know they, they were a real all, band. Yeah, and they oh, all yeah. they all dress yeah. up in weird outfits, as obviously you can see, and puppetry and different things like that, and they're awful absolutely terrible yeah but mark um he has the big thing where he's the one that comes up with the idea of the fundraiser at the end which is his well, big he's on he goes on, he goes on telly, yeah he? basically yeah, he yeah. says i saw the shoplifter shooting up the shop um but basically we're having a fundraiser here tonight that's his big moment but all his other moments throughout the rest of the film are just really i don't understand why he wants to be I, in this band i he don't like a... the little laugh he does as well mm. like he he'll, he'll be just doing nothing and then just go <laughs> 
he is from from nowhere immensely in that to say i don't like yeah eddie's a bit part character and my dislike for him is that he isn't really fleshed out very mm. much which isn't his you know character's fault there was probably more of him but mark mm. is very much fleshed out yeah. in that film but just really badly yeah I mean, there's no way he'd get a job there i don't understand yeah. why he doesn't freak out when he's watching himself get, get eaten. eaten by guar i don't know why he just laughs <laughs> Like, would you not freak out? Yeah. Why he doesn't freak being out. Like, that was his moment to do something other than laugh. Yeah. <laughs> just he, yeah, he's just very, very, very annoying. Um, yeah. But he's also, if I was in that film, I would have been Mark <laughs> at sixteen. <laughs> that's, I think maybe that's why I have such a dislike for him. Now, but... now, you've, now you've mentioned it, he was really fucking annoying, wasn't he? Um, what did you think? Of, what did you guys think of uh, of, Mac, um, of Rex Manning? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I, I, I quite liked, uh, again, I, 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 would like, I wanted to see him take a bigger piece in the puzzle, I think. Oh, I quite uh, like the way they used him sparingly. See, I yeah, wanted more yeah. of him, but I liked, I liked, I quite liked that I, I would have liked to play him. I think they, they nailed... Yeah, I would have liked Is that yeah. you, if it, you could play him? If I could play him. Actually, to be fair, that's probably a good shout, because he's... Because he's, he's a bit... He's so not cheesy. a nice person, yeah. though, is he? And he, he, can't, um, he can't deal with his own uh, fall from grace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he is, to a T, like they do a proper good 
job of making him like a Robert Palmer yeah. style 80s throwback. Yeah. To, you know, yeah. even the way he's dancing in the video that he did in the way that he's dressed, it's very Robert Palmer, very yeah. bit Duran Duran. I will have no, sorry, I have no disrespect of Duran Duran. Oh, no, 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 no. I will well, I mean, in terms of the way the video is done. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very soft. Oh, it's focus, more Robert, more yeah. Robert Palmer or, on a beach or, with like a breeze yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I like. Um, yeah, the character of Rex Manning is is horrible, um, and he. I hate the scenes with Gina and with Corey. I think I find them very awkward. Yeah. And Especially I think I guess Corey it's ones. supposed to make you feel awkward with him and yeah. Corey. Yeah, yeah. That, I think it's supposed to make you feel awkward, especially sort of looking back now and what we know about musicians from that yeah. era and things like that. <laughs> um, I think, But I think they addressed that quite well in that he was a horrible, horrible person, like you say, washed up and trying yeah. to hold on to those last fragments of fame that he had. Yeah. But he... Um, the way that... Has, as a as an actor, I think he's played very well. Um, as someone to take the mick out of and as a fall guy, he's really good. Mm. Like, I like the fact that he walks in and he says his hair's... I done, love the hair. Yeah, yeah, like and it's like you watch the video of where his hair is meant to be good, and yes. personally, I can't really tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, 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 that yeah. is a good. I think Maxwell Caulfield is really good as well, um, who I've only ever seen in Greece too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think maybe that's yeah. why he got the job because he's like a yeah. throwback to a throwback. To yeah, a throwback. and I know he's been or is in or has been in Casualty. Has he? Yeah, really? uh, but I, I think that. he might have less hair now. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, um, yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, but I like. I keep saying it, so I'm, I'm going to need to talk about Warren. Because Warren, who's not even his actual name... He's obviously Warren... He takes the name of Warren B, doesn't yeah, he? He's yeah. a bit baity. Or... He is my favourite character in the entire he, uh, Considering he's, the, I think, the youngest actor, yeah. I think he acts acts better than some of the other older actors. I think he gives a really good performance, and I've not really seen him in anything else. No. Though, but he is good, so what, what is it you like? What, what is it you're itching to talk about Warren? I just, I just, he has so many of the good moments in the film... So many of the good lines. I think, I think he sort of embodies everything that um, all the other characters moulded into one character almost. Mm. That he's obviously troubled. He obviously wants to come and work at this record store. He obviously um, just doesn't know how he, you know, to vocalise how he's feeling yeah, a lot yeah. of the time. And I think he's all the others merged into one. And the fact that Lucas sees himself in him, Deb doesn't isn't scared of him. Joe takes pity on him in the end, and he gets what he wants yeah. albeit via shoplifting and threatening people with, yeah, a gun. with a gun he gets his i work at um at empire records a little mm, bad yeah, yeah and just there's a moment where he's forced to have his photograph taken with all the cds that he attempted to steal oh, yeah. just as the moment rex manning walks in so he has his photo with rex manning instead and yeah. there's just moments where like he's holding these cds up and rex manning's doing all this cheesy obviously you know choreographed poses mm. and um Warren's he's just brilliant. I can't really I think I think of all the arcs of characters, all the journeys, if you will, his is one of the, my favourite. I like the idea he, he just yeah. he goes from being like a bit of a little shit. Yeah. Because, but then they explore why he's like that. And then he has a really he's part of that big happy ending. Yeah. And I quite like that about about it. I like the fact that yeah. Mitchell Beck, right at the end, when it's all going off and having the big party is put on the, t the the guy that initially owns Empire Records, is put on the tills, doesn't know how to do anything because he's like a man upstairs, a suit, or the man, damn the man, sort of whole thing is about him. And he's there trying to put stuff through. And then he's like, does anybody work here? Oh, yeah, and then, then Warren, Warren appears. Yeah, and he's great. got his little badge and he has this, or little grin on his face that he's got everything he wanted. Oh, it's it. a lovely little payoff, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lovely little moment, yeah. 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 Um, one thing I, I read, uh, there's a musical coming next year. 
Really? Like, apparently they're making it a musical. Like everything else is a musical. Yeah. But I can so, see yeah. that being a good musical. Yeah, I, could. I can see I that being a good There's obviously musical. a lot of music involved. It's the same yeah. as School, of, School yeah. of Rock, as you said, that adapted well to, and Rock of Ages and things like that. Mm-hmm. It adapted well to the stage because there is a lot of music and whether they can get the rights to a lot of this well, music. I, I think the key to a good musical is good music almost comes first. Yeah. I think there's quite there are adaptations of films into musicals where the music isn't that strong or the plot doesn't necessarily translate, whereas this literally is made for a musical. I mean, there's already nine or ten dance yeah. breaks. Yeah. <laughs> As you notice, so it won't even really have to change much of yeah. putting an interval in there. Yeah. Who would you go up for that, Al? Would you... I'd go for that, yeah. Would Rex Manning? <laughs> I would love to play Rex Manning, I would. I'm but, too young though, aren't I? I don't know, just put some fake tan on you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Maxwell Caulfield is that much older than... I think he's... What, is, what do you reckon he is at this point? Maybe in his mid-30s? But they make him look about 50 with the Yeah, fake, they, they the give him a big tan, tan in it, but they leave like sort of white... Undone. Yeah, yeah, non-tanned, which was which was quite funny. Yeah. Well, moving on to um, to anything that you guys... Obviously, Adam and Al, is there anything you kind of dislike that Johnny's not already mentioned? Yeah, I, I, I've already said it before, but I, I did think it was kind of slow. Yeah. Uh, and... I kind of felt myself drifting out a little bit, but and and the, the, there was a lot of characters to get to know, and because it's I think it's one hour forty three, something like that. It's too many characters to get to know in in a relatively short space amount of time. Um, but yeah, I think that they're my two grievances. What about I think. yourself, Adam? Yeah, yeah quite similar. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but there was just those elements that I just wish they'd gone into a little bit further. Some of some of like the issues, particularly um, Liv Tyler's character with the, yeah. with the pills, like especially because I thought her character and Renee Zellweger's character they got a lot of screen time. I thought they were really great together. Yeah, but mm. I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more about that. I really yeah. like their argument. Yeah, their yeah, argument great. where she reveals that she's addicted to yeah. to, to amphetamine or yeah, whatever really it is. Interesting. I thought it was one of the best really scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I I agree a little bit with the character thing. I think it's almost like what they could have done with doing is maybe having four good fleshed yeah. out characters, mm. then surround them with comedy characters. Yeah, Joe, Liv Tyler, Gina, pick four of them and flesh them out really well. But there are certain mm. ones that it's just like, I don't have time for this particular character Eddie like, Mark yeah those two <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eddie um, Mark I thought it started really well I thought it was a really strong start faltered a little bit and picked up again well, I think the thing about the start is that um, it was supposed to start with Lucas waking up on the motorbike it was the original idea um, when AJ and Mark show up for their morning shift but the um, the man the suits that decided this sort of thing um, wanted more of a background. So that's why it starts with him counting the money, him going to Atlantic City. So yeah. you basically get told the entire thing, that the whole reason this has happened, mm. um, yeah. basically gets fed to you rather than you picking it up throughout the film. Um, so that start is is quite bad, especially the fact that um, Gina walks in while Lucas is counting the money and says, don't screw it up. And it's like, at that point, you know, he's going to screw it up. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, you've yeah. basically been told what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so the start, yeah, if it had started at the with him just awake on the motorbike, it could have been a bit better. But there are some, he breaks the fourth wall in that intro well, That's as one well. of the questions I, I had for you, which, which we do, we do some like questions at the, at the end about the film. Do you think he is self-aware? I don't know, because I don't know if he's twice. talking to himself, like where he says, I don't know, will I be held responsible for this? Is he talking to us, the viewer, or is he talking to himself? It's is funny, he breaking the fourth wall or not? Yeah. It's like when... Mark does it a couple of times, looks directly into the camera to deliver his lines. And is he talking to us or is he just talking out loud to himself? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's strange. I think what may, what gives it away is there's nothing wrong with facing the camera and looking past it. Yeah. But they're looking at the camera, so they're looking at you. So you're almost catching their gaze if that's if that's possible. Yeah. So mm. I think that do that is what gives the illusion that they're breaking the fourth wall. But something that else I did like about it was that it's almost like a play. It had a very waiting for sorry to be a bit of a wanky ex drama student, here, but a bit of a waiting, waiting for, for Godot, Godot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I was going to yeah. say. Um, kind of feel about it of the the waiting for almost I suppose Rex Manning character, and it's almost like each character got. I could see how this could be adapted really well as a musical, but as a play as well. Mm. In that they could all monologue, yeah. and that way you get a little bit more exposition from the characters straight to the audience, and maybe that would flesh it out yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think particularly with song as well. I think the thing with with musicals is uh, you can sing things that you couldn't really say in dialogue. Yeah. I think that, yeah. that could be something that they that they work in well in turning it into a musical. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to kind of questions. I think we we have covered a lot of them. Uh, was there anything you would you've kind of you've kind of picked some of those? Was there anything you would change about it, Johnny? First, yeah. Cut Mark out completely. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Cut. Cut a lot of the you touched on it earlier. Cut a lot of the other characters out, yeah, um, and then really make the other characters a lot more, yeah, fleshed out and better. So there's plenty you can get rid of. Get rid of Eddie, yeah. specifically specific, first and foremost because he adds absolutely nothing to the whole yeah. proceedings. Re, part of he doesn't add any comedy, he doesn't add any sort of of the drama that you need, and you know, part of the main storyline he has no really involvement with. Um, Mark, you could probably get rid of as well because he's annoying. Um, but yeah, and then if you got rid of a lot of the, the 10 dance, you know, breaks where they're just walking around playing air guitar and Lucas does an excellent impression of uh, Mick Jagger at one point as well mm. when Joe's playing the drums um, and Warren just gets up to mosh. But um, <laughs> if you cut some of those out, you've got plenty more time to flesh out yeah. The, yeah, the good definitely. characters that are in the, the film. Uh, what about yourself, Adam? Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. And what you were saying before about the intro, I would have found that so much more interesting had they not given so us all that information. Know, you yeah. didn't yeah, know that he'd gone yeah. and gambled the money away. And sort of the first moment of us knowing that the record store might be sold is when he brings the box yeah. out. That would, have been, that would have been a really heavy-hitting moment. But as soon as you see the box, you think, I know exactly what's what's coming Spoon now. feeds you that a little bit at the yeah. beginning, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose. definitely feeds too much. Like, if he was just walking around, because he's walking around with his pot of quarters that he's obviously got in Atlantic City as well, mm. which he wakes up with on the bike, and it's like, well, why has he got them? Why did he go to Atlantic City? Because he doesn't reveal to AJ and Mark when they show up why he went or what he did. He just mm. drives off and says, I don't regret what I did, only those things I didn't do. Yeah. And it's like, well, what has he done then? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, mm. But you've already been spoon-fed for good it. 10 minutes. Yeah. What about yourself, Al? Yeah, we've covered everything of sort of the, the main things about there being too many characters. I think it was a little bit slow. Um, also, I, I'm, the argument against this is I suppose it's part of his character, but I didn't feel like Lucas showed enough remorse remorse or guilt about I think he's meant to be a ruining. bit spacey though, isn't he? He's I meant get, to be a I, bit... I, I was just trying to... At first, I... Because I was watching it, making notes, planning and all that sort of stuff, I wasn't entirely sure what he'd actually done. Mm. I don't know if that's because I've missed it or mm. it was tight or whatever, and then I realised, oh no, he... He was trying to, because at first I wasn't too sure. Oh, he's trying to save it mm. by taking the takings. I thought he'd just like maybe lost it a little bit and taken the takings. But then I realised as it went on that he was trying to save the store. So, mm. but I know what you mean. Like there is yeah. a kind of spacey lack of remorse. And I, I get that's yeah. part of the character, but I, in in real life, 
Get yeah. out of my massive shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a really weird scene where Joe grabs him and has like a weird pretend him. fight with him inside Is his office. Is that what he does? The door closed? He do, like, no, he throws him against a few things. Yeah. Like throws him against the door, throws him against the wall and throws him back out and he's got a tiny little bump on his yeah. head yeah. which Joe then comes and salves straight away. Because um, I think Joe, he does, um, he's very... He's, he's, a, he's a father figure, obviously, mm. for a lot of them. But I think he's very compassionate and very... Mm. To all really of them. Understanding yeah. Like, he goes really. goes to find Deb and speak to Deb quite well. Obviously, you know his background with um, Lucas. Sort of does the same with Warren, even though he's... I think he's got other stuff going on. Mm. His understanding when um, Corey absolutely loses it. And then his understanding when um, Gina comes out the room with Rex Manning and he's like, I haven't sacked anyone today. Why would I start with you? Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. yeah that so I think he, Joe's very compassionate and understanding. I think he obviously had to have that fight as a sort of, like you say, did he actually have one or is he just faking it yeah. um, to sort of make his mark and sort of stress his mm. alphaness of the over them all, <laughs> but sort of stress that he was the boss. Yeah. Um, so we'll come on to the critical reception now, um, where we obviously we decide whether we where it sits in the pantheon of underrated, underseen, where it is. To give you an idea of where it sits on IMDb, it's got a 6.7 on Empire Records and a 84% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Have a guess what you think the critical score is on Rotten Tomatoes? I she. I would have said quite high, but the fact that you've asked me, <laughs> yeah, said away there. Low. I'm going to go thirty percent. Uh, I would go fifty-five. It's twenty-nine percent. That's such a massive oh, wow. discrepancy between audience yeah. and and um, yeah, critics. and critics. Um, See, I thought that, it would have been the other way around. I thought the critics would have loved it, and maybe the audience. Nearly like, what's that? Yeah. Nearly that's over fifty percent. Yeah. Uh, oh. Drop. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, I, I think it's, I'd say it's both underrated and under scene because it was a film I, I hadn't even heard of. Yeah. So um, yeah. for me, and, it, and I, I did enjoy the film, so I, I would say underrated and under scene as well. Uh, Al? Um, I'm sorry, Johnny. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't <laughs> you keen so on guilty. it. I know, every time I've said <laughs> it, I've sort of looked at Johnny like, the oh, film. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. When you're um, writing the film in 1999. <laughs> um, um, I would say under scene, because, you know, it's, it's got a lovely 90s vibe to it. Uh, but I think from the audience rating perspective, overrated. I, I disagree with you. I think I'm, I'm with Adam. I think it's mm. underseen and underrated. I think it's, right. again, we don't put numbers on stuff, but I do think the fact that none of us had seen it and we were both Never between us, it. we've seen a lot of, heard of it, but not seen a lot of it. Yeah. Having rewatched it, Johnny, what do you think? Um, what are you going to go for? I still, I still say it's underrated and I still think it's one of the, if I was to meet someone new and they asked what sort of films that, you like i think it's one of the ones that sum up a lot of um what i like in terms of both music and, and film and things like that and i think it is so nostalgic in watching it back that i would still say it was underrated i probably i completely overrate it and from a personal perspective i can appreciate that but um getting panned by the critics in in that way i, I can appreciate that from what we've spoken about here why they would not well, like I, it what we've said before isn't it is that i think in order to tell whether it's underrated or not you have to visit how it was received this was really poorly received and it definitely didn't deserve the panning it got i think that time has been quite kind to this film and if you look back at it i enjoyed this more than i, I actually i don't this might be controversial i enjoyed this more than both dazed and confused and clerks um not that's not to say i didn't like them but i thought yeah. this was better i preferred it but i think we say it's been well received by audiences but when it was released it wasn't either because i think it made less than half a million oh, yeah, it was, dollars it was a, at the, it was a box critical office critical and commercial failure yeah, and the yeah. guy the production company um turned down clueless 
to make this and then Clueless was like 90 million at the box office. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you love a box office number, don't you, mate? <laughs> I can't so that's, cow, that's uh, a good 89, 89 and a half million difference that's mad. at that's the mad. box office. So, but um, I think it found its, I think it found its audience eventually. I think they scaled yeah. it back when they released it um, and it probably didn't reach those mm. people that wanted to see it or, or would have appreciated it. But by the time it came around to general release VHS and mm-hmm. later on DVD streaming now, um, I think it's a lot lot more better received. Mm. Well, that's three to one, Alan, I'm afraid. I think we're calling it an underrated one. Fair enough. Well, I mean, watching it, I do like, I, lo- I love the nostalgia of all the 90s thing, but I had to take that to one side and just, you know, be a bit harsh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it underrated. So we'll move on to this week's game. We usually do a game um, where the winner picks next week's film. Um, however, obviously, we'll just do it just for, for fun this week. You do a lot of tweeting about football. Yep. And we all do quite like football. I bloody love football. Bloody love football. Leeds are doing well. <laughs> um, so I've come up with a game called Footballer or Actor. Okay. So I'll name a footballer or actor. You tell me whether which which one they are. If someone's done a bit of both, it's just whatever they're primarily known for. Okay. So, for example, if I say Brad Pitt, I'll... Footballer. Yeah. Yeah. That famous place Perfect. for uh, wolves. Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, obviously, actor, if I say uh, Harry Kane. Footballer. Um, so I'll go around. We'll take it. Uh, you can all tell me which the person is. Okay. Sylvester Stallone. Oh. He was in Escape to Victory, wasn't he? But is he an act, primarily uh, an actor? Yeah, we'll go back to turn as well, I think. Yeah. You're an actor. Yeah. Adam. Oh. I'm going to go actor as well. Yeah, you're all right. He's an actor. Obviously, that's a, ridic- that's a ridiculous question. <laughs> Lionel Messi. Johnny. Footballer. Adam. Footballer. Al. Footballer. Yeah. So, obviously, you get the idea. Yes. Oh, is that not, is that not part of I thought I was doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one. Carlos Valderrama. Johnny. Footballer. Adam. Actor. You're going actor. Al. He's a footballer with marvellous hair. He's a footballer with marvellous hair. Oh, so that's I knew the name as well. Colombian yeah. footballer. He is. Big, blonde afro. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Play, always was like constantly 33. But playing <laughs> to being about 50. Has he had like some like, some work done recently? No, you're thinking of Rene Higuita. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. Barkad Kabdi. Johnny. Uh, actor. You're an actor. Adam. I'll also go actor. actor. I will also go actor. He's an actor. He yeah. is the head Somali pirate in Captain in Phillips. Ca- oh. yeah. Yeah. Look at me. Did he win an Oscar for that? No, he got nominated, yeah, I think. Yeah. I don't know if he won. Um, okay. Gerard Delafeu. Footballer or actor, Johnny? Footballer. 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 Yeah, he's a footballer. Yeah. Gail Garcia Bernal. Johnny. Actor. Adam. I'm. Um, tell, tell, tell me the name again. Gail Garcia. But apologies if I, if I say any names no. wrong. By the way, I'm doing my best. Gail Garcia Bernal. No, I'm gonna go footballer. Footballer. See, I know the name and I can't. Pick, I can't put it anywhere. But I'm gonna go actor. He is an actor. Yeah. Um. So Nicolo Zanioli or Zaniolo. Yeah. Footballer. footballer. I'm saying footballer. Footballer. He is. He plays for Roma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Halliwell, Tony. Footballer. Going footballer. I'm going actor. I know the actor. name. I feel like I'm wrong. I'm going footballer. 
he is an actor. He plays oh. Zach Dingle. Oh, oh, I'm a I knew I knew Adam's Paul Level. Very broad use of the word actor there. One of my favourite names, Max Power. Footballer. Yeah, Adam. Footballer. Yeah. Footballer. I just wanted to put the name in there, to be honest. For Sunderland. Next one, Conrad Veidt. Johnny. Actor. I'm saying actor. Al. I'm going to go actor. He's an actor. He yeah. was in The Man Who Laughs. He's the original inspiration for The Joker. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't think of one footballer named Conrad. So <laughs> Bobby name. Conrad. Yeah, you know Bobby Conrad. <laughs> for, um, Donny van der Beek. Footballer. Footballer. <clears throat> footballer. He is. Plays for Ajax. Yeah. Um, David Simoncini. Footballer. 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 Plays for San Marino. I think he's the captain of San Marino. <laughs> Didn't know that one. You're all joint at the moment. Uh, Johnny, Jean Dujardin. Actor. The way you said it makes me think actor. Yes, he was yeah. in The Artist. He's the, he's the head. Oh, the, yeah. He's the dog. Yeah, he's the dog <laughs> he's the from dog The Artist. The yeah, you know the dog from The Artist. Okay, uh, Johnny, Charles Hart. Actor or footballer? Actor. Adam. I'm gonna go football. Footballer, Adam. Al, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna go actor. He's a footballer. It's Joe Hart's real name. Oh. He's called Charles Hart. Yeah. So um, well done, Adam. Got that one right. Uh, next one, Simon Gregson. Oh, I'm getting mixed up with Simon Grayson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll go actor. Actor. I'm also going to go actor. Actor. Yeah. Footballer. He's an actor. Um, Vincent Cassell. Oh, I know this one. Actor. Actor. Footballer. Footballer. Actor. He's an actor. Was he in Godzilla? I think it might have been. He was in Ocean's 12. He was in La Haine. He's in Black is he, Swan. Is he French? Yes. He's the ballet teacher from yeah, Black yeah, Swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in Godzilla. I'm thinking the other French guy. Um, <laughs> Alessandro Nivola. Footballer. 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 He's an actor. He's, oh, um, he's, the, guy, he's yeah. the guy's best mate in goal. Oh, okay. Is he oh, called Gaz yeah. something or something? Oh. No, that's something of the, the FIFA. And he's also been um, face-off. He plays whichever Nicolas Cage or whichever the terrorist one is, his brother. Right. He's oh, in right, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, neck and neck between Johnny and Adam at the moment. Uh, Gerard Depardieu. Actor. Actor. Actor, Actor yeah. <laughs> well, should have put that next to Della Feu. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that yeah, was like yeah, the yeah. point. Ronald de Assis Morea. Actor. Actor. Footballer. Footballer. Has to be a footballer. It's Ronaldinho's real yeah. name. Oh, cool. I knew I'd heard it. Um, Kuno Becker. Actor or footballer. Oh. Actor. Actor, and I know his name, but I can't think from what. Um, I'll go. Say the name again, please. Kuno Becker. <laughs> can I change mine to? Can I change mine to footballer? Yeah, thank you. It's a footballer, footballer, actor. He's an actor. Oh yeah. come on! He is Santiago. Yeah, yeah, he is. In the, yes. goal, in the goal films. So technically, so you both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you got that one right, Al. Ricardo Execson dos Santos. Uh, Johnny. Footballer. 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 Yeah, it's, it's Kaká's real name. Right. Well, you know, his, his Brazilian name. Ricky. And then one the last Santos, one last like... one. Folu... Hang on. Sorry, I'm butchering this. Folu Washola Amiobi. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> Adam. 
Uh, footballer. It's war shoulder, isn't it? It's, uh, it's footballer. It's, yeah, it's shoulder. I'm Iobi, yeah. so um, I'll give you a point. Mack and Slayer. <laughs> so that's uh, a tie between uh, Johnny and Adam. So there's no film, so there we go. It's a tie. Oh, brilliant. Didn't I win, though? Sorry. Yeah, Al, you're the winner <laughs> of that one. Um, so, well, that's, the, that's this week's episode. Thanks very much for coming in. Uh, Johnny, is there anything else you want to kind of talk to us about? Um, I can talk to you about a charity that I am an ambassador for, which yes. is called Calm. Oh, right. Um, they are the campaign against living miserably, and they're a men's mental health and suicide prevention charity. Okay. Um, so they're um, able to access their services by telephone um, from 5 p.m. till midnight. 365 days of the year you can also um go on their website um between five and midnight and have a web chat with people like you have with customer services things um it's also available um if you don't aren't comfortable speaking over the phone you're not want to vocalize any issues that you're having any troubles that you have um also the opportunity to fundraise for them and donate to them which you can do on their website which is the and um they're a real worthwhile charity. I think they're quite a small one. I think a lot of people sort of know about the Samaritans and Mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it comes to Calm, um, I think they're sort of, you know, not been around as long, not as well established. Yeah. Um, but they're sort of really focused on men's mental health. Um, suicide is a real big issue amongst young men, um, especially under the age of 45, where it's the biggest killer um, in the UK. Um, and 75% of suicides are by men. Um, so obviously it's a huge, almost epidemic in this country. Yeah. Um, for the first time um, in a number of years, the suicide rate increased in 2018. So there's still a lot of work to be done. We're obviously... Um, much more open-minded, much more vocal as a society. Um, but whether that message is reaching the people that particularly need to hear it is still another issue. But um, I think it's always quite comforting, to, um, especially as a young man myself, we sat um, in a room with each other. Um, always good to know that there's people out there that are willing to listen to our issues. Yeah, if we can't, if we aren't comfortable talking about ourselves, we've just spent ages talking about films and, and we should be able to talk about our own issues, mental Definitely, health issues yeah. in the same way that we can talk about football or films or music or what have you. Um, but obviously... Not as many people are as comfortable doing that, especially with people that they might know, they might feel judged um, by them. So the, the phone line service, the web chat service offered by Calm gives people a different outlet that they might be more comfortable with um, if they are able to vocalise their issues. If not, you can still write them down, send them to Calm through the web chat service and they'll offer the same sort of... Um, uh, opinion, not opinions, they'll offer the same sort of advice and things that you would get over the telephone. It just makes things a little bit easier, makes things more subtle, possibly makes things a bit more anonymous for you that no one can hear your voice or know where you're calling from. So um, they're a really worthwhile charity um, and I'm very lucky, uh, very privileged to be an ambassador for them and get to go around the country, go on different podcasts, go on different television programs and things like that and talk about the amazing work that they do um, and how people can access them. That's brilliant. Thanks. We'll uh, yeah. we'll tweet a link out as well to donate. Yeah. Um, and when this when this episode comes out, so that's brilliant. Johnny, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. It's always great to initiate more people into the world of Empire Records. Absolutely. <laughs> and if anyone wants to see what you're, you're tweeting, where do they look? Um, my Twitter handle is at Johnny Gabriel, um, where you can find all sorts of um, nonsense about Steve Bruce <laughs> and um, other other related football activity. Uh, brilliant um, if you do want to get in touch with the pod it's films on that pod at gmail.com and the, the twitter is at films underscore that we're on facebook as well and instagram adam what's the instagram uh, it's at uh, films and that pod yeah so plenty of ways to get in touch with us um, we're also on twitter as well if you want to get in touch with me i'm at joshy with squashy with an ie in the joshy uh, al uh, at zootroy here adam 
at award underscore eight nine. So lots of ways to get in touch with us. Johnny, thanks again for very much for coming on. Uh, cheerio. Hello, Josh here again. I just wanted to take another little minute to say thanks again for downloading the podcast. It really is greatly appreciated. If you do like it, then please like, subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Special mentions go to Lee for the music, Luke for the logo and Abby for producing, editing and generally putting up with us. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Thanks once again and see you next week. Cheerio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.